Hello, this is Carolina with Temecula Town Podcast, and on this episode, I am here with Dylan Baumgartner. Hello. And uh, he actually happens to be a local film writer, director, and music writer, and his media project is known as Real Verse Productions. So, Dylan, thanks for doing this again. Of course. Of course. <laughs> thanks, thanks for having me. Just tell me, what have you been up to? Just uh, working on a bunch of projects, waiting for theaters to reopen. Right now I have a comic book I'm finishing up with Brandon Watkins. You can find him on Instagram at uh, Captain Watts. I'm also working on finishing a short film that I collaborated with A Mild Productions on. That film is called Me and You. will be coming out somewhere in the fall. And then my music project, Slingshot, uh, I'm writing new music for that and starting to bring in guest artists like guest vocalists and not too long ago i recorded uh some guitar stuff with uh the guitarist from a a band called shred bundy uh his name is braxton and then just like a few other like you know scripts i have two like book projects i'm kind of working on and then i don't know how much i'm allowed to talk about this but i'm also doing a another short film projects but it's with like miniature sets like marionette puppets and like it's a sci-fi project so we're building like miniature like sci-fi computers and control boards and a big like spaceship set and stuff like that so that sounds like fun so do you like bring out your old star wars toys or (laughs) (laughs) um I mean, I, I gave those uh, away uh, a while ago. Uh, <laughs> no, but we're, we're definitely, like, looking at, like, stuff like Star Star Wars and Star Trek and, like, like old, uh, like, cheesy sci-fi 80s movies like Steel Dawn and Cruel. Oh, yeah, I remember that one. I loved yeah, it as yeah. a kid. So, so yeah, we're, we're doing stuff stuff like that, but it's all, like miniaturized <laughs> to you know like the the character that that we have is like a marionette puppet and he's like a little little over like a foot tall maybe like two feet tall or something it's it's definitely made me appreciate doing like live action short films a lot more because you know in, in a script you write like a coffee shop right and you just find a coffee shop and ask like hey can i shoot at this coffee shop and then you shoot it but with with this project where we have to build everything you know if in the script there's a a coffee shop in in space or something then you have to you actually have to build everything the tables the cups the 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 background all that stuff how Um, do you make the puppets we're building them oh you're building them so they're actually like because you said they're miniature are they like puppets that are like yeah they're they're like uh like a marionette puppet you know like a puppet with strings and stuff yeah we're like whittling (laughs) you know all the arms and legs and you know that's cool it's very a lot more extensive than than what i initially kind of (laughs) thought yeah it sounds like like a lot of work like yesterday uh i worked for i think like five hours and in that five hours what i was able to get done was padding for a chair um, <laughs> and then it's a lot of trial and error too of yeah. like 
you know, does the, the motion look right? Do the joints work? Sounds like you're getting really crafty there. <laughs> Just killing time, basically, you know, waiting for theaters to reopen. So that's why you're here today. I want to yes. talk to you about the movie theater industry. So, yes. um, so what are you speculating? What's going to happen next? Do you know any details? Give me an insight. Yeah, I, the thing that sucks with... Uh, not just like California movie theaters, but just nationwide. Movie theaters specifically are caught between the Hollywood studios and what they're doing and the the national pandemic, where a lot of movie theaters have been forced to shut down due to, you know, their county's regulations and stuff. But the, the studios, a lot of them are just putting their movies out on uh, streaming services. So they're um, still working. They're still making the stu- the movies at the studios in Hollywood. Yeah. But, yeah, so however, the, the, they're not releasing them in a movie theater. Yeah. They're doing it streaming-wise. Yeah, in, in a way, they're, they're kind of screwing over the, the middleman. But for, for me, like, I can uh, I can understand both sides, you know, because I, I follow, you know, movie news and business and, you know, all that stuff and, like, what the studios are doing. But I also work at a movie theater you know a movie theater is essentially just the middleman the the distributor of what the studios make so with the studios like i get it like you know they pour billions of dollars into their their projects and they can't just uh shelve them forever or for indefinitely you know they, they have to somehow make their money back like as far as like Disney goes, they've been holding off like their their bigger films, like the the Marvel films. Um, they've pushed all of those back by a year. In the meantime, they they have been putting out smaller films on Disney Plus, like uh, Artemis Fowl and uh, some other like originals and stuff like that. Disney Plus streaming fan base is just going to keep growing and growing. And I know that Disney is now kind of shifted. They're looking more at streaming service, you know, their streaming service than they are with theatrical releases. So I think whenever theaters reopen, it'll only be like big blockbusters that are in theaters, like Star Wars and Marvel and uh, big Disney movies and stuff, which was already kind of the, the trend. If you think back in 2019, the average person goes to the movie theater like four to seven times out of the year most of the time like you're seeing the new pixar movie or like these like big huge blockbusters whereas like smaller films like uncut gems which is a a24 film really really good movie that one like you know hardly anyone saw as compared to uh, Lion King or Avengers right. Endgame. Or, well, you know. Would you say, like, movie theaters usually try to attract a younger audience, like, kid... I wouldn't say kid movies, yeah. but I want to say they're more, like, for the family or, you, yeah. you know... Because uh, when the the theater I work at, when uh, we, we did reopen for, like, three weeks in October, and... But the thing was, is that, you know, we... Uh, we're able to be, you know, because of the, the county regulations, we were allowed to be open. Um, but these, there's no movies to play. Like, there's no new movies from the studio because they had either pushed them 
way far back mm-hmm. um, or had already put it out on streaming. But why, um, I understand, like, you know, they, they want to do the new, the latest and the greatest, right? Yeah. But why but, wouldn't but they, they do they old ones? They, they did show old ones, and, and that, okay. that's what I was going to uh, connect with, with what you're saying with the, the, the family-friendly uh, films is, uh, I mean... Uh, thank God we reopened in the month of October because we were able to do like Halloween films. So we showed like Nightmare Before Christmas, uh, Hocus Pocus. They're all like family friendly, uh, like Halloween classics. Yeah. Um, and uh, those like those uh, showings were way more popular and like would sell out and stuff like that. Um, but there, there's also like a 25% capacity, you know, limit. On our, on our uh, in, in our auditoriums at the time. Um, yeah, so, so that would be uh, easy yeah, to sell out in a heartbeat. Yeah, <laughs> yeah those, those would, I mean, we'd have to, like, cancel showings for other films, for, like, the newer films that we had uh, to do more showings of, like, Hocus Pocus and stuff. So those were definitely, like, super successful and uh, were, like, a big, you know, source of income for the theater. So as far yeah, as um, reopening, do you know... Of, like, what kind of changes they're doing besides maximum capacity? From when we were reopened, because, like, they did a whole, like, like retraining, kind of like an orientation, but now it's, you're, you're mostly just learning all the new COVID guidelines and stuff. Yeah. Like, sanitation and stuff is now, like, you know. It's, like, top priority. Clean yeah, that super, stuff super down. Yeah, top priority. <laughs> it's a bummer that I didn't get to uh, to see it in person and, and be able to work with it. But, like, I remember they were showing us these, like, they look like sci-fi guns, but they're, like, these big, like, sanitation gun things. Because, you know, like, after a, a, a theater lets out, like, you know, someone has to, you know, go in and clean all the seats and wipe them down and it has to be super thorough and you're using, like, uh, you know, two different rags and two different solutions and stuff. And it can be super, super time consuming, especially just for one person or like a very limited staff on a, on a busy day talking about bringing in these crazy, like sanitation guns. Yeah. I think I've seen them. Yeah. They're, they're, they're pretty cool. Depending on the theater and what County it's in, those there's going to be regulations on like, if you can get your own beverage. Uh, so like the theater I worked at, we have the, the freestyle machines yeah. um, where customers can just go up and stuff. But when we reopened, we had like sectioned that part off and you would bring an empty cup to an employee and then they get the drink for you, which does like spread the the staff pretty thin too. Right, because um, they're serving you now. Yeah, yeah. Like that one extra person up at concessions during a, a busy rush can make such a huge difference, but instead they have to stand, you know, just stand there at a soda machine waiting for someone to bring a cup to them. Depending on how long the mask regulation thing goes, that'll that'll be enforced when theaters first right. reopen. Um, well, it's kind of funny. Like I, I was watching a video about it earlier. How, uh, you know, it's, it, I think it was specific to Texas. How. They're going to start reopening theaters and how um, you still have to wear your mask. I'm like, well, that doesn't make sense because when you get popcorn, you know, and soda and snacks, you know, you can't wear your masks. Uh, so, of yeah. course, there's an exception well, there. But, I yeah, mean. When, 
then that's kind uh, of falling for like to the guidelines where you know you're going against guidelines because people are just going to naturally take them off and leave them off yeah. while they're sitting down eating or not eating or whatever yeah like i, I think when um like our rule was uh if you if you're in the auditorium and you're sitting in your seat you can take your mask off it doesn't matter um because it's limited seating capacity anyway so it's like it's designed to kind of keep uh, parties separate from each other or at least put like two seats in between parties so um, how do you know which ones to like say oh these aren't open like do you have to reserve a party or i, I mean i don't know because you want to sit next to the people that you go with so is it like yeah. oh, okay it's a party of five so we want to sit together and then you have an usher or somebody has to designate those spots oh and- no it's it's all it's all autom- automated on the the computer system like you you go in you know uh, say how many tickets you want and then a screen will pop up with like the layout of the theater and then you see where you know if your party is of five people you see where five seats are available okay um and that, yeah that's that's just how like the reserve seating thing goes which so it's kind of like a concert ticket almost like oh here's the yeah. seats that i want okay yeah uh only you, you don't get a a discount on the the nosebleed seats um, <laughs> uh it's all the same price uh, how about if you yeah, just like show up that's something that i would do i'm not well mm-hmm. i guess now i would have to reserve if i really want to go to a movie theater but mm-hmm. um do you is there even is that going to be a possibility like oh let's go to the movies and just buy tickets yeah. and show up can that has still yeah. happen yeah oh yeah like um yeah people do that all the time after working in at multiple theaters and stuff and uh, meeting all the different types of customers, uh, a lot of people that just they'll just wander in and be like, "Oh, what's what's playing?" You know, I got four hours to kill. I, I've sold tickets to to people that uh, for movies that are like almost halfway over, just because they they want to sit and kill some time. Or or like, is it um, discounted? Uh, no. <laughs> it's like it's half uh, the movie, half price. Yeah. Uh, but um. That's weird. Yeah, yeah. Uh, <laughs> I just want to yeah, see so the yeah, ending. <laughs> yeah, when theaters reopen, you'll you'll still be able to walk in and uh, without reserving. It's just like you'll more than likely be disappointed. It'll only be like the front row of seats available or something. But if it's um if it's not like a newly released movie or like a a super popular movie, then yeah, you can just walk in without a reservation, and chances are there, there'll be decent seats. Um, so it looks think, like. I don't know. I read something in the news also uh, that movie theaters are going to allow for private party watches. There's some theaters uh, locally that uh, that still offer that. I don't know if it's legal. Why wouldn't it be legal? Kind of curious. I don't know the full like laws and regulations with opening a business when it's not supposed to be open. I don't know the, the full logistics of all that stuff. That's that's above my pay grade. But I know that some local theaters, I won't say which ones because I don't know, again, if, if they're supposed to be doing this. But, uh, yeah, they're, they're open for, like, private private parties, for, for, like, you know, theater rentals and birthday parties and little, you know, family events and stuff. How um, much is that? Do you know? Do you know, like, the pricing on that? Uh, before, it used to be, like, a couple hundred bucks. But... Uh, depending on where you go, you can probably get it for like, I don't know, like 90 bucks, 100 bucks maybe. Is that like an hour or for the, the movie? Or? <laughs> yeah, that, that'd be for like, you know, 
uh, you know, most movies are like two to two and a half hours, at, you know, at, at longest. So they'd probably give you like the rental would probably cover like three or three and a half hours or something or three hours, including setup and takedown or, or something like that. So if you go like now, let's say you want to do a private party, would mm-hmm. you choose from like a list of old movies? Is that the selection oh, or you, you, you could just, you could just bring your own. I mean, the, the way that like all theaters do it is, uh, they just hook up a, a Blu-ray player or like an Xbox to one of the projectors and then just play it off of a off of a Blu-ray disc. Um, oh, okay. Yeah, but I mean, for newer movies, it's it's like way different. Like, let, let's say like Wonder Woman nineteen eighty four. Like, if you wanted to do a private screening for that, then that would be like they'd have to get like the legit movie CRU hard drive from the distributor, and then you know ingest that into the the projector system, and then. Do, do that whole process but like for party rentals and stuff like that like yeah you can just play whatever they're currently playing which a lot of theaters that are open right now are just playing like old classics like goonies and rocky and stuff like that and uh yeah you can you can basically just bring in any movie you want and i think uh, a lot of places that offer theater rentals you can even do like video games oh wow yeah yeah you can play video games on the on the big screen this sounds um, like a weird question but can you have like a meeting with a powerpoint presentation i'm yeah. just thinking like oh, other seen, ways yeah. to use the facility i've seen uh people do like church group activities i've seen people do exactly like what you described like a powerpoint presentation it was like a pitch kind of meeting thing like to get like investors for a company mm-hmm. uh, or an investor meeting that's what it was. Yeah. What do you think about like drive-in movie theaters? Are those making a comeback, or is that just like I, temporary? Thing? I heard that. Uh, I heard that some Walmart locations are going to start converting parts of their parking lot into drive-in movie theaters. Wow. Um, but I, I heard that like a long time ago, and I haven't really seen any development on that. But I know that like there's a drive-in movie theater in Van Nuys. They've been like booming since the pandemic because that's like the only place or one of the only places you can go to watch a new movie i I don't know if uh people will think it's a a smart idea to invest in in developing uh a drive-in theater right just because like the the movie theater industry was like already kind of dying off before the shutdown you're seeing a lot of like theaters upgrade to like being more luxury theaters where they're kind of just like a restaurant that also plays movies. You know, even even that wasn't uh, as successful as like movie theaters have, have been in the past. Because, you know, like Netflix and Hulu and Amazon Prime and, you know, all those streaming services out there are already kind of giving people incentive to, to either just wait for it to go to streaming or like it's not really a priority because they can just they have new content available to them uh, at home. Yeah. Um, or like stuff like Redbox, uh, where you can just, if you just wait a couple months, you can just rent the movie. So I think post pandemic, you know, I think theaters will, will kind of come out strong ish, you know, when things first reopen, depending on what movies are available and, you know, what's popular at the time, but further down the road, I think you'll start to see smaller theaters close their doors permanently. Uh, I think, 
a lot of movie theaters, like the, the bigger names like Regal and AMC, will probably look more into streaming service wow. options. Kind of like a, a backdoor option if uh, all else fails with like the physical theater distribution location. Further, further down the future, like my guesstimation is like uh, 10 to 15 years you know, post pandemic going to the movie theater will be similar to uh, going to the opera where tickets will be way more expensive, but like it'll be worth the money with, you know, the, the fancy seats and the gourmet food. And huh, interesting. Know, uh, a lot of theaters are already doing stuff like that. The Reading cinema that I worked at, this section of the theater wasn't open during uh, the pandemic for obvious reasons, but when things were normal, the whole left side of our auditoriums, those were all like spotlight dining service Ooh. theaters where, you know, when you're seated, you're handed a menu, just, just like a restaurant. Like you have a waiter in the theater that will go around, take your order, go get the food for you, bring it to you, you know. But that's already like a, a luxury theater type thing. Right. Um, that you'll probably see more and more of. Yeah, like ten to fifteen years from now, you'll you'll definitely that'll be like a normal thing. I mean, I don't know. Like, it might even get to a point where you can get a foot massage while watching a movie. Oh my goodness! Uh, I mean, th- th- I'll fall asleep. I won't even but, watch the movie. <laughs> uh, but theaters are going to have to, you know, start thinking outside of the box. They're going to have to start getting creative with how how they're going to bring people in and how they're going to get them to want to come back yeah Um, i almost think like even after or before them seeing the movie there could be because they have the space for it even do something more interactive where people actually hang out and enjoy more beverages or food or whatever and kind of like enjoy an experience whether it's like um a pop-up of i don't know I'm just yeah. throwing something out there that, like, that they could, there's got to be other ways to use the facility. That's why I'm like, oh, you can have lectures there? I mean, this is kind of something that I'm not familiar with, but I'm always looking, trying to see things outside the box or turning things upside down. That's how I mentally work sometimes when I try to find solutions. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Depending on the theater chain and, you know, the area and stuff, I think it could be a good thing for a lot of like small time, you know, local filmmakers and stuff because theaters are now in an interesting position where before renting out a theater was pretty pricey because, you know, if if you're trying to to rent a a theater, you know, when uh, a big movie has come out, like, like going back to like an Avengers movie or something, what you're essentially doing is you're, when you're paying for the rental is you're not only just paying for the the rental that you're doing, but you're also paying to compensate for them missing out on another screening of that Avengers movie or that like, you know, big successful movie that chances are would probably rake in more money than, than, you know, the rental itself. But now, you know, or later in post pandemic theater times, I think theaters will be a little bit more, see sounds harsh but i can't think of a better word um they'll be a little bit more desperate for you know any kind of 
income or like just bringing people back to the theater um so i I think that kind of opens possibilities for you know local filmmakers to get better deals on screening their films or you know doing film festivals or even just like uh collaborating with theaters would be cool as like a, a product of the whole shutdown thing i would love to see like you know small local theater start to do like their own kind of film festival like their own kind of local film festivals and stuff yeah that would be cool well you were yeah. in um you've won a couple of awards locally right yeah Here. i mean yeah there's there's a uh, festivals that go on locally but those are like uh they're essentially just a theater rental so like mm. the uh the jds uh digifest i know that they just you know they, they do their thing at their studio with like the actual like exhibit of like everyone's art and stuff like that and then when it goes to the the short film portion of the the festival where they do the screenings they just rent a theater from Temeku and do the screenings there what i'm kind of referring to is if like a place like Temeku you know start hosting their own film festival where it's local filmmakers can submit their work and they they do a big kind of event thing i would love to see stuff like that start to happen that would like, be awesome are you planning on submitting any of your projects to any future award yeah. film um, companies or organizations? Yeah, the uh, the short film I'm uh, finishing uh, editing right now that's uh, that's called Me and You. That one I'm I'm looking at submitting to a couple festivals. A lot of festivals have actually just gone to like an online festival where like they they have like a website that uh, is available you know, for a certain period of time. And then that's where you can view it. And then the judges, that's where they view it. And then they, they do the whole thing and it's just online. And then, you know, you, instead of going to an event and then, you know, sitting through like an award ceremony, like you just get an email, you know, saying whether you won or not. So it's, it's a little less exciting. I, I think it's, it's so fun to, uh, to watch, you know, a short film that you made with a theater filled with people, because then it gives you a better idea of like, all right, well, this this works. Uh, this this joke didn't land. Whereas an online festival, it's like maybe someone will leave a comment or a thumbs up, but uh, it's definitely not the same. Dylan, do you have any links or handles that you'd like to share? Uh, yeah. Um, let's see. On the topic of uh, movie theaters just do a quick plug-in for all the uh, the local theaters because I, I know a lot of the theaters are still partnering up with Grubhub you, you can still order food from them you know definitely a shout out to Reading Cinemas on Cal Oaks they have really good burgers and chicken sandwiches mm-hmm. uh, that, that you can order and, and pick up and fresh popcorn for uh, you know your movies at home for me if you you know want to see what I'm up to and what what's coming out soon you can find uh, all my projects on Instagram at Realverse Productions or on my personal Instagram at The Real Deal. That's R E E L underscore D Y L. Well, thanks, Dylan. Thanks for sharing your insight about the movie theater. Of course, yeah. Thank you for having me. It was, uh, it was great talking with you. Thank you for listening to Temecula Town Podcast. This is Carolina, and I hope you enjoyed the interview. If you would like to submit ideas or comments about how to do this podcast better, or if there's any stories you'd like to share, um, please email me at TemeculaTownPodcast at gmail.com. Thank you.